Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. So, with everything going on and not a whole lot of news coming out through CMON lately, uh, there's kind of been a lull in the reveals, the just everything kind of coming through the visions and the flames. So with that said, we're kind of taking, until more things, you know, come out or any new news drops, we're going to kind of take the next couple shows, uh, you know, you know, as many as it takes uh, until we get some new stuff from CMON uh, to just kind of hit a backlog of viewer requested topics. Um, the first of which I think it was like one of the first once ever requested when we started our discord and we kind of probed all of the you know out there for what topics people wanted to hear and this was probably the first one that i can remember being requested which is the point current point system that's used for the game and i thought it was an interesting one i was uh when i first saw this you know topic i was a little worried that it wouldn't be long enough. Like, there wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about. But uh, the more I really kind of thought about it and kind of, you know, thought of all the different avenues of things we could discuss, and I realized realize that this topic uh, has a lot to it, actually. Um, and this show isn't, uh, or this topic show isn't to, like, dunk on the system or say how it's horrible it's to kind of just talk about the different uh you know pros and cons to the different types of systems out there whether it be um ice and fire system of super low points or uh warhammer 40k of you know high points and i'm sure there's games out there that does you know more than warhammer does so uh you know, we're going to just kind of be going over all the different aspects and all the different kind of things, uh, you know, you might not think about uh, when it comes to, you know, a point system. So tonight I have with me uh, Justin and Craig. Thank you guys so much for being on for this show. You're well, welcome. And, uh, yeah, so with that we can uh, jump right into it. So first thing I wanted to kind of touch on is low versus mid versus high points, you know, as it relates to, like, math or even, you know, newer or casual players. So uh, for me, I started with Warhammer 40K. So I just kind of, you know, in kind of ignorance, I guess, you know, for a lack of a better word, just figured all games would be, like 40k until I started branching out and realizing that uh, you know games kind of ranged uh, of all kind all kind of point systems you know high medium low and uh, there's definitely pros and cons to to both so for lower point systems the obvious one would be it's simple uh, it's easier for newer players to not get flustered uh, with you know tons of different uh, points and, you know, there are pros to higher numbers. Some people love number crunching. Some people love having all those options, all the different points that you can spend in different things. Um, I feel like lower points, The I guess a con would be 
that you feel limited sometimes, even if the scale might be the same as a higher uh, point game, uh, the scale might feel more limiting just because of the mental thought of having less points. Whereas a higher point game, you know, with Warhammer, you know, a lot of people, if they want to play more on the higher end, are playing 2,000 points. And they, you know, 2,000 points, they think, you know, I have so many points to work with, so many cool things I can field, uh, whereas, you know, that might be the same amount as another game system that 2,000 points might equate to only 1,000. Um, so without, you know, rambling on for too long, uh, Justin, uh, how do you kind of feel about, uh, you know, this aspect of it and, you know, what's your kind of experience with this? Uh, so I do like the low points. It, for me, it doesn't necessarily need to be solo, but even not just for new players, but for new players, it's really easy to just make a list. It, it takes minutes. Even if you show up to your like planned game day or whatever without any lists made, uh, you're good to go within minutes, which is super nice. Uh, a lot of other games I play, uh, it you know it takes you an hour to make a list, uh, and it can kind of be a bummer because it. Not that, like, beforehand's a bad thing. In fact, I'm sure most people would think it's a good thing to get prepared beforehand. But, you know, sometimes you're just not feeling it. Sometimes you just – it just doesn't happen, whatever the case. Uh, and so you wait until game night to make a list. And if for some games, uh, that that might mean that it takes you an hour out of game night. But this game, uh, I generally – except for tournaments, I never make a list before, like, I'm where I want to be. Um, so, but other games I, I like not super high numbers, but higher numbers also just means, you know, more dynamic range of stuff, which can be nice as well. What about you, Craig? Uh, what's your, I know you play, both of you, uh, I know both of you play a ton of different games, but I know recently or lately, Craig, you play a bunch of different things because your your group kind of plays a little bit of everything. How how do you kind of feel about uh, this topic? Okay, so I play, like you said, a bunch of different types of games, and they have such a wide range of point values, where Saga, which is very popular here locally right now, you're playing a game of four to six points total, your whole list, whole army is in four to six points. Or you're playing 40K where, you know, you're 2,000 points and you're buying special weapons that are 3 points or 23 points or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, this game kind of falls on the lower side of points, but not really. It's kind of closer to the middle. Um, and it has pluses and minuses. Um, for example, I'm one of those people who really likes to sit there and go through and build lists. I think it's fun. Um, when my friends are busy, they're not gaming. Well, I, I can't game right now, but I can make, make lists and kind of theory craft and stuff like that, which is fun. Um, it's a lot more fun to do that with higher point stuff that has a lot more options like 40 K for example, you go to the opposite end of the spectrum of saga with four to six points and theory crafting is really, really boring for that because, Four to six points, you get four to six units, and they're all, for the most part, I mean, they're different, but they're the same. So it's kind of like, okay, two minutes, I'm done building my list. 
A Song of Ice and Fire falls in the middle of that for me. Um, I'm a farmer, so I have a lot of time sitting in a tractor cab where I can't sit there on an app like Battlescribe and theorycraft a list for 40K because you can't do that math in your head unless you're a genius, and I am not. Um, theory crafting in my head for a game like Saga is boring because I'm done in two minutes, but for a Song of Ice and Fire, I can do that. As I work, I can think in my head, okay, well, if I do this, this, and this, and the numbers are low enough that you can do it in your head and you can do it quickly, but they're not so low that you don't have the option, that you don't have, have a good number of options, if that makes sense. So I think it's kind of in a sweet spot for me as far as that goes. Yeah, uh, both of you brought up great points. Uh, first one I wanted to bring up was uh, one that you brought up, Justin, about you know making lists uh, prior before going to like game night. I can't tell you how many times personally I have theory crafted and I've made like you know more lists than I can count. But then you get to your game night and it has nothing to even do with who you're going to face or any of that but sometimes you just don't feel in the mood for any of like the 20 lists you made and so you still want to just throw together a new list like something fresh something that you just you know i want to try out something crazy i hadn't thought of yet so i'm gonna you know create a list even though i've prepped all these other lists um and you say an hour and uh i think i know what you mean you know that could mean like just 30 minutes for one game and then making another list for your second game you know because you're chit-chatting you know you're uh you're doing so many things in be uh before the game and making your list that i'm sure if you just sat down in a quiet room and you just focused 10 minutes maybe but we all know, you know, as gamers, that's, you know, that's a perfect world. <laughs> we, uh, I would say 30 minutes is like the normal time it would take, at least in my experience, to create a list. And if you're playing multiple games, it could be easily an hour of your time right there. Um, and as you were saying, Craig, uh, about, you know, um, you know, Ice and Fire being in that sweet spot, I think I, I totally agree that when you're at work or in a in a position where you don't have as much time as you would like to build a list on, let's say, uh, Battlescribe uh, or something for 40K, um, you know, having Ice and Fire kind of in that sweet spot really helps. Um, but now... I would uh, I would say it just comes down to personal preference. So, me, a longtime gamer, at my home, uh, if I had to pick one, I'd probably like to just build 40k lists. You know, have all those weapon options, the upgrades, the relics, the all the different things that you can you know kind of theory craft, and you know you don't have to worry about time. Uh, you know, if you know if you're spending it on your your hobby time or whatever you want to call it because uh, I, I know a lot of my listeners and me as well have kids you know so you don't always have you know endless time at home but um, you know there's there's pros and cons where let's say a newer player or a casual player let's even say uh, 
a good example would be a new player to tabletop in general. Uh, something like 40K could discourage some people if they're like, man, you know, it's their, let's say they've only ever done like board games and they're like, you know what, this looks really cool. But then you start throwing, you know, throwing all these numbers at them and there's just so many like numbers and options and uh, high point costs that they just get overwhelmed and there's just some people would see it and be like man this is so awesome they dive right into it and you know that be something that would lure them into the game but some discouraging so I think uh, ice and fire kind of hits that sweet spot uh, right in the middle Um, I would say, it, it, uh, just like you said, Craig, it's more on the bottom end of that. I'm sure there's some games that are kind of more of a sweet spot right in the middle, you know, complex enough, but not too uh, too simple. Um, but that kind of brings me into, like, the next topic is uh, points in regards to options. So in Ice and Fire, you're just purchasing your units and any attachments or we'll say NCUs, which are just units that don't go on the board, uh, and that's it. You know, you can't, let's say, run Lannister Guardsmen and then instead of their their swords, you uh, pay extra points to give them different weapons. You know, it's it's a lot more simplified in that regard that, uh, you know, you don't have to... I guess theorycraft as much. You you kind of get what you get when you're building your lists, uh, which again kind of lends to the simplicity of it. It's a lot more uh, newer uh, player friendly. Um, so at that point, I think it's just kind of preference. Um, Craig, uh, we'll start with you on this one. How do you feel about uh, like? the points in regards to like options and the simplicity or the complexity of adding options. Okay. So to continue um, with our kind of trend here of comparing it to other games, as we talk about it, um, it does not come close, as you said, to 40 K. But that being said, I know I can sit there all day and make 40 K lists and I love it. I love making 40k lists, but when it comes to playing 40k, it's just like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's more fun for me to make the list than to play the game. <laughs> Whereas this game, um, it's like you said, you don't have the options. So the list building is a lot, lot simpler, goes a lot faster. It's not, you know, list building for 40k is a hobby in itself, or it can be. And yeah. but with this game, it's more of just like a little little side thing that you do to, to get to the actual gaming part. And I love that about this game because this game is so much fun to play. Um, like Justin said, if you are in a hurry, you can throw together a list. Whereas if you have all those extra options, that's not the case. Um, do I wish that there were more options? Sometimes. But as far as going so far as, okay, what do I want to equip these guardsmen with? I feel like that's a little, although it would be cool, I feel like it's a little bit too much for what this game is. Um, sometimes I wish there were more attachment options um, that, that would do something similar. For example, I wish there was more ways to, say, add Sundering 
um, which would essentially be changing weapons, but not. You know what I mean? Because once you add in different types of weapons, and we're just using weapons as, as an example here, but once you start adding in those different options, you then add in a whole other layer of rules, which further complicates the game, which makes it more difficult for newer people to get into, uh, slows the game down, more stuff to remember, blah, blah, blah. So although it would be cool, it takes it kind of out of the sweet spot that I feel like it's in. It has enough options to be engaging, but not too many options to where it's overwhelming, if that makes sense. Yep. And uh, I think we – I guess we got to kind of ask what what the goal is for CMON. So if CMON's goal is to make it simpler for the newer player, which I think that's kind of their main goal, is to make a system that is super fair, uh, which in turn makes it competitive. Um, because if you please the competitive players, they'll stay. But if you're making it simple, out the box, already built, uh, no pressure to paint stuff, you make it really welcoming to casual players as well. And a lower point system a lot of times uh, casual players will also love because they're just, you know, they're looking to throw together a list, not care about, uh, you know, trying to tweak all of the very best options out there to get the most max, you know, maximum uh, profit out of a unit. Uh, and I think Simon. Uh, I'm willing to bet, you know, all of this is on purpose, and it's kind of just how they've designed it all to to kind of come come together. Uh, Justin, uh, how about you? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess I wasn't really thinking before, or I kind of was, but uh, about like where you can build lists, and I think that was a pretty important thing that Craig had spoken of. Um, and Ice and Fire definitely allows you to build lists wherever you want, including, uh, I think one thing that we haven't really said tonight is, even though it is simple, there's a couple levels of like dynamic list building because you do have uh, what I consider like four different levels of list building. You've got your units, you have your commander, you have your NCUs, and you have your attachments. And four levels is a pretty good amount already for pretty much any game. Um, so that's really nice and it definitely like you know generally if if you're someone like me you can you can almost always play a different list still even with such simple list building and smaller factions at the moment like even neutrals for me when i had three units before blackguard came out i was still able to make quite a few lists and so it definitely kept me uh kept me engaged with it and it's it's really nice yeah, I think uh, you know not having those options uh, will always help with the balancing. Because the more units, the more factions, the more options, just the more things you put into a game, the harder it is it's going to be to balance something. Uh, and I think a lower point system really helps to you know 
simplify the balancing of a unit or you know something within the game uh, now you have something like 40k which has such higher points that you know the pro you know the upside to the higher points though uh, is the ability to have a more of a margin to uh, to balance things out yeah 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 it's like a it's, it's like a double-sided sword exactly so i think that's where the mid uh like the mid range for the numbers takes uh takes the cake uh, for lack of a better term you know for being able to be simple but give yourself enough leeway to tweak properly uh and so i guess that would uh have us go into the next section of it where I think my only problem with the point system for Ice and Fire is that maybe it's too low, um, that it's hard to tweak uh, units uh, to the correct point values, I think. They become too, there's too many things that are too many, or there's too many units, NCUs, attachments that are similar points that are clearly not similar in strength. Um, and that said, not everything has to be a hundred percent accurate. There's always going to be something that is better than something else for the same point cost you. I mean, unless you go to the higher end of that spectrum for points that you can really, you know, tweak to such a level that let's say at 2000 points, okay, this unit, uh, each model or each unit, um, costs one more point out of out of a two thousand. You know, you go okay. Well, this unit's better, but just by this much. Well, now you're going back to the whole higher numbers thing, more complex, harder to balance because you know you just have some so much more of a margin for you know your numbers to fit in. Now with the mid uh, mid range for those points, um, like I was saying you have that lower point uh, value uh, with some more flexibility. Now this, um, my, uh, sorry, so let me start over. So one thing I thought of when we, when I first started Ice and Fire, I would say maybe four months into playing it um, that I thought would be perfect. And as I looked more online it seemed like other people already had kind of the same idea and that was that you know it would be perfect or at least in theory or on paper you know you never know until you actually do it and you go through the testing process and you know the play testing and you know it's easy to say something with, uh, without actually having the play test to back it up but um, the idea I had that I've seen others uh, talk about is simply doubling uh, all the points of everything. So uh, Stark Sworn Swords, 10 points. Just literally everything in the game, double its points. Then tweak it from there, up or down. And then for your points, uh, let's say a 40-point game is the normal game people are playing, 80 points would be the normal game. And then uh, something that might seem like it's a uh, let's say one and a half point attachment can now uh, be, you know, uh, tweaked a little better. 
um, or a unit which is seven points but not quite eight, you know, if you doubled it, it'd be 14. Um, and if you felt that it wasn't quite eight, uh, eight points, you could knock it down to 13. Or if you felt that, you know, it was closer to eight, you could go 15 or yeah, 15. Um, now again, that's, that's all in theory. Um, there's no, I have no like evidence to prove that that would even work. So, you know, it just seems like it would be a nice kind of see where it led. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? Or or if you guys maybe have another, like, system that came to mind that you thought would be interesting to try out? Uh, I think I think it's a good system. Um, Craig, Craig had said that he thinks it's a good mid-system, and uh, I think it's I think it's definitely closer to a midpoint system, but um, doubling it would definitely put it at that like perfect mid. And I've talked to you plenty about this in the past. I think that would be good, and then obviously balance from there. But with that being said, too, like what it is now is actually really well, well balanced. Uh, so like David mentioned at the beginning of the show, like this isn't to say it's bad at all. Like the system it has right now is probably. I don't know. I would venture to say it's one of the most balanced point systems for sure. Um, just sometimes you need a little bit more range to adjust. You know, when you when you make something like like uh, every you know the community's uh, response to to Sworn uh, Night's Watch Sworn Bros coming out. Yeah, Sworn Bros coming out to seven with their like little little buffer or whatever. Uh, that would have been a lot more. Uh, it would have a lot more soft of an impact in the beginning for everyone. Would it have been uh, they were a 13-point unit instead of a 14-point unit, you know, and stuff like that. So I think I think it's definitely something that will improve the game potentially. But like you said, there's no there's no uh, there's no evidence. But with that being said, too where do you draw the line, I guess, right? Like, if, if they double the points eventually because of suggestions or whatever the case, uh, will will another crowd later on be like, well, what if we just double the points one more time? <laughs> That'd be me. You know, just keep doubling it, and then we'll, we'll deal mean, with the consequences <laughs> later. <laughs> I think it's definitely, like, a reasonable thing to, to think will happen, though. You know, nothing... Not to say people are never content, but uh, everyone's always going to have a new idea about how to fix something. Um, so it could be a long time down the road or whatever the case, but that may not be good enough. And then people are like, well, you know, if you doubled it again, you'd have more dynamic range, like me. Uh, so. <laughs> I definitely agree. What do you What do you think, Craig? I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate on this. Um, I get what you guys are saying with doubling the points, and you're right. There is some merit there. Another example would be attachments. Um, wow, this attachment's so powerful, but it's three points, so I'm never going to play it. Okay, well, now it's two points, so that the game, they'll make it two points, so I'll play it now, except now it's too powerful because it's two points. And it's the same thing with units. So there's merit there to making that, you know, four to three points instead of two to three points or what you get what I'm saying. Anyway. But um, ease of making a list, like what I mentioned, 
I can sit there and make lists in my head all day, and then I can remember them when I have a chance to put them in the app. I understand not everyone is going to be messing around with lists in their head and not just using the app to begin with, but that's a perk of my job. Um, but the more point granularity that you add to it, the more complicated it becomes, even if you're not adding the extra options like weapons and whatnot, because um, they're, they're always going to need to be tweaked. And they need to. They still have that problem, even at lower points. But they've done a good job of going back and tweaking an ability here, or, you know, well, this is a six and a half point unit, so let's give it one more attack dice and make it a seven point unit since it was too cheap at six points. They've done a good job with that. But once you go up to fourteen or fifteen points, well, this fourteen point unit is really performing like a twenty point unit. So let's make it 20 points and give it this ability, but then, oh, now it's performing like an 18-point unit. So it's still going to have the same problem, but it's going to need to be adjusted maybe even more often because the swings are can potentially be a lot bigger, if that makes sense. Um, basically, the, the more points you add, the more point granularity you add, the more um, complication you add for actually balancing the game. And right now, they're only coming out with roughly once a year, once a year and a half, an adjustment. And then you look at games like 40K who have the big point spread. Well, they can never seem to get it quite right. So every few months they're coming out with new fa new FAQs, new adjustments, and all just all the time. So the higher the point total, the more often they're going to have to do that until they do hit the sweet spot of where the unit is actually performing and with the right abilities and the right point cut. Which, unfortunately... I rambled a little bit, but... Uh, no, you're good. Uh, but that brings up a good point that, um, you know, let's say they eventually hit that sweet spot. Well, that sweet spot might go sour when other things get changed as well, which then in turn affect that thing that was in the sweet spot. Because let's say uh, in 40K, let's say you get a sweet spot for um, a unit in Tau for ranged. You go, it's right in the sweet spot, it's perfect. But then Gene Stealers and uh, or Tyranid with their Gene Stealers and other factions with their close combat get these buffs that get them into combat so fast that now you're like, well, now that the those other factions have units that get into combat so fast, I can't use my ranged. You know, now it's no longer in a sweet spot. Now it now it's undercosted, or sorry, overcosted because now it's just not performing. So it's it's a constant like ebb and flow and you know back and forth between tweaking i think uh you make a good point that you know the more complex you make make the point system the harder it is to um to tweak things and i think they kind of have it down to a like a science like um they have their attachments one to three they have their units uh which from what we can tell uh minus like solos um are four to think the highest we've seen is eight maybe but the highest we've seen in 1.6 is 10 so let's say uh uh we'll count 10 so four to ten and then ncus they've come out you know came out and said that it's going to be four to six so i think they kind of have like 
science, these uh, things, you know, commanders are free. So these things have to be within these points to fit our, like, algorithm, our, our science of it, and how things break down to make sure things are easily, um, you know, that they can uh, easily balance it if something arises. What do you think, Justin? I think they're on the right track, yeah. And uh, definitely the more, uh, with what Craig said about the, uh, the point granularity, I mean, that's that's 100% true. Um, I guess the point, and it doesn't necessarily need to be doubled either, but the point is they're, they're so close to perfect, in my opinion, uh, that um, they're able to have these algorithms where they have the set parameter of all the four different dynamic ranges or whatever the case or the four dynamic list building steps you have between your four different types of stuff. Uh, so their, their algorithm is, or I guess whatever, their, their point range is really good, and they're so close to the perfect balance, in my opinion, that uh, they've got a lot going for them. And I, I guess everything we're saying right now is just like, we're talking about a perfect world, and we're never going to have a perfect world. So... Um, like keep that in mind too. Like this is this is just us rambling about things that could be better or could be worse. <laughs> Technically, we don't know. Yep. Yeah, and you know, I'll say it again. This show was never, you know, never had the intent to like put down Simon's point system, uh, as you said, Justin. I think it's about as good as it can get. Nothing will ever be perfect. But, uh, and, you know, there's always going to be someone's opinion of what would be better. And it might be better. Uh, it's totally possible. But you have to think about how much effort changing a point system, uh, you know, how much effort goes into something like that. Because I'm sure, you know, just maintaining a point system is enough, you know, requires enough resources and time and energy playtesting it, let alone having to restructure a point system. Because um, let's, say, let's say they did try our idea out, um, which they would have to probably get a whole other group of playtesters just to do, um, where they just double the points and then tweak. You know, they'd have to start from you know, even though it's as simple as doubling and then tweaking, you'd have to start pretty much from the ground up. Um, and that goes for any point system, whether it be as simple as, you know, in concept as doubling and tweaking or, you know, just, you know, uh, starting from scratch and then, you know, going from there. Um, you just never know how much uh, resources it's going to take and you know it could be all for nothing you know you could put all that time and effort into trying all these different systems out and not really get any you know f you know fruits from your labor and I'm sure that's something that they possibly even tried uh, when the game was for in its first like concepts you know they probably were like all right let's try like these three or four different like point systems and see how it goes and I think maybe they just they're like you know what let's I think they got the idea like the idea of the simplicity of the low points with you know 
models already already built right out the box. You know, all this like new person friendly atmosphere. You know, you I mean there's so much to that. You don't have any rule books, you don't have any codexes, you don't have any extra materials. Your models come built, as I've said. Um, all of your stuff come right in your starter. Your point system is super simple. Uh, I mean, even if you're playing at the very high end of like 60 point games, uh, because that's just what you like to play, uh, 60 points is still super easy to create a list. Um, you know, they have a, a wonderful uh, free uh, app to, you know, Army Builder uh, to, that's not the name of it, but an Army Builder, uh, war, the War Council app. And, uh, you know, it's just super new person friendly that I think that's what they're going for. And even, I think even if, like, there was another system that was barely better but more complex, that they probably would, uh, you know, not do that system in favor of just, you know, keeping with the trend of a new person friendly atmosphere. And that kind of brings me to, I think, think kind of the last uh, thing I wanted to cover, which is accountability. Now, you know, I've been doing Wargaming for 23, maybe more years. I can never remember anywhere. I kind of lost track. I know it's 23 or more. And I can't tell you how many times, uh, both uh, by accident and on purpose, people have in games like 40k or just games where you know you have such a high complex point system that people have snuck in points or accidentally miscalculated points and now you're playing an illegal list and you know it sucks it sucks uh when it's on purpose when it's on accidents you know it's whatever um you know if it's an honest mistake i mean it, you shouldn't hold it against someone now Accountability doesn't mean like yell at the person, you know, unfriend them. It, it it means holding each other accountable so that you aren't tempted to do anything like that. You know, just you know, in a lower point system, you just kind of look at their army and you just kind of know. Like, whereas in 40k, I mean, 2,000 points, I mean, it could mean the difference. You know, you could just have like a couple extra weapons on some guys that you would never know unless you sat there. I mean, it takes you long enough to build the list to sit there and have to check all of your opponent's lists to be accurate to the to the point. It's just not worth it for friendly games and even in tournaments, you know, it's you know, you you go into a game never thinking that of your opponent. So that's why more often than not it's caught after the game's over. Uh and uh, you know, so you go into the game just wanting to have fun and you never think ill of or that your opponent would do that. But I think uh, a lower point system, you just kind of, it's simple. You just, you know, and it's easy to um, spot a mistake um, because I know more often than not when points aren't, um, you know, accurate, it's almost always a mistake. At least maybe that's just my optimism. But uh, it's always good to assume that over just assuming your opponent did it. I definitely, you know, there's definitely been 
cases, and I know there's been lots of people that have had similar experiences where you, you have like evidence or you know that they did it on purpose where they've been caught in a lie or something. But accountability is just nice, you know, you, um, to have. And I think in lower points, it's it's definitely a lot easier to do. Uh, what do you think, Craig? Uh, I agree with you. I've seen that before as well. You know, never at a tournament or anything, but in friendly games, you know, always accidentally, it's, you know, there's a couple points here, a couple points there, whatever. Whereas, like you said, in this game, I can look at the table and tell you exactly how many points are sitting there looking at me. Um, So, and, and, you know, to add to that, like you guys said, if you show up without a list, you can just put units on the table and see if you have 40 points or not. You know, and games, um, we're apart from accountability, which I really just don't have much to add on that. But for gameplay in general, the higher the point system, the less fun the game can sometimes be because it quits. It's no longer a game as it is a math competition. You know, 40K is a perfect example. It's They call it math hammer for a reason. You know, you don't actually have to win the game. You just have to have better math than the other guy. Whereas this point system ignores that. You know, there's not there's not room for that math competition. Yep. And it may seem like uh, uh, that we're kind of dunking on 40K, but I think it we just use 40K because it's relatable with a lot of people. I mean, it's... Uh, unless I missed something or have been kind of out of the loop, you know, 40K is like the biggest tabletop game out there. So it's just easy to kind of compare it. Um, But, I mean, I love 40K. Uh, To me, the lore is like second to none. The models are, um, the models are, I would say, still the best, but a lot of companies are really coming up on them. Uh, There's a lot of companies out there with, you know, amazing sculpts. But, uh, 40K is, you know, the point cost, it can be kind of unfun. It just kind of comes down to preference uh, at that point. And it can kind of get, you know, as I mentioned before, a little overwhelming sometimes. You know, uh, math hammer is definitely a thing. If you can math out what is the most cost-effective units with the most cost-effective items, or upgrades, equipment, you know, whatever they might be called. You know, it just it comes down to who can spend the most time really just theory crafting and really digging down deep, um, which is great for some people. I know uh, I'm not that extreme, uh, but I do love kind of deep diving into some, some cool stuff. I don't think I've ever actually gone so far as to, like, math everything out, but I've definitely, like swapped in a lot of upgrades and this and that to kind of figure out the coolest combos. Um, So it it just comes down to preference, I think. Uh, And then before I go over to you, Justin, one thing I want, one other thing I wanted to point out about, uh, about all that is that is also kind of great for ice and fire uh, for the simplicity is because there are no options like that, no different weapon options or whatnot, and the only real options you have are the attachments you add. Uh, you don't have to worry about, like, 
uh, WYSIWYG, you know, what you see is what you get, you know, because everything is equipped with exactly what they have. But even if they weren't, it wouldn't matter because they don't, it's not like they have weapon options. So for example, I guess the perfect example would be uh, um, a lot of Baratheon players, especially if you're on the Baratheon uh, uh, Facebook group, have been swapping out their hammers with swords because they just, they don't like the fact that like the entire army pretty much has hammers and they, they just want swords on a lot of their guys or they do a mixture, uh, which I've seen some great, uh, great conversions, but you don't have to worry about, you know, converting your stuff because there are no options. You know, everything is just what it is. The only way you would ever have to proxy is if you just simply didn't own a unit or enough of a, enough units of a type of unit, um, or attachments. But the affordability of this game is so great as far as like price uh, in my opinion, anyways, that, you know, it's it's not like a huge hassle to have to go out and, like, buy another, let's say, um, I don't know, uh, another Pyromancer unit if, like, you only own one, but you're like, you know, I have this awesome list that needs two. Um, now, whether or not you can find certain units at certain locations is another story, but, uh, you know, that's kind of another uh, topic for another show. Um, yeah, so what do you think, Justin? I mean, as far as accountability goes, I think that's a really unique take that uh, a lot of people probably don't think about. So I have seen it at tournaments, both, uh, like, maliciously and innocently. Um, if you don't mind, Dave, i got a story involving you. I think you know the oh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yep. Dave did not do it maliciously, but I won one of our local tournaments, which uh, it was deciding between Dave and I, and he happened to get me that time with his blackfish list. Oh, no, I think it was Night's Watch, actually. Yeah, I got... No, it was Man, Night's I, Watch. I, yeah, I struggled against Night's Watch sometimes. Anyways, uh, so he ended up being one or two points over, right? And I didn't catch it during the game, but uh, it was either Marty or Jose that actually just pointed it out. Yeah, and so yeah. um, I ended up winning the tournament because Dave magnanimously decided, uh, or like we all talked about it, but he had no problem admitting to it. He was like, oh, yeah, I am. Because it wasn't even that he made his list wrong. It's just he used his other list from the previous game, so two different lists between the two different games, uh, and he just didn't swap something out correctly. Um, so he had no problem conceding the prize, and Marty was running the tournament at the time, who is the same fellow who's running the tournaments for Adepticon, um, a great dude. And we all just kind of decided that uh, the most appropriate thing to do, obviously I decided it too, because, you know, I wanted to win. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the most appropriate thing to do is go by you know, official tournament rules. Like, so if, if your point's over, you're automatically disqualified from that game for it, which was fair. And it's just a local tournament. So, you know, it was like 20 bucks on the line, not a big deal, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but my non-malicious story, and I don't have too many, like, straight up uh, times where people have cheated point-wise against me, but I have heard some crazy point things uh from like 40k and stuff because my brother plays it quite competitively um and obviously at major tournaments your lists are checked by tos and stuff but things slip through the cracks at times and there's there's tons of crazy stories about people going over and not that you should be suspicious as dave said you should 
benefit of the doubt to your opponent every time. But uh, I think that just being an easy possibility of someone to catch makes it to where you really don't have to worry about it in this game. People are going to, the people out there who are, who do that stuff are going to not do it because they, they may believe that they're going to be caught even easier. Um, and I guess I'm kind of a paranoid person by nature. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not always as optimistic as everyone, but the, in my eyes, the realistic fact is there are, there are people out there who play to win. They, that's all they care about. Uh, and they're far and few between, luckily, because most people play a hobby because, you know, we love the hobby and it's fun. But accountability is something I don't think people think about in a war game. And the, the slower point cost, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard and also done it myself where you put your army on the table and you're like, huh, that's not right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like way too good. What's going on here? <laughs> and you're like, oh, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, like in 40K, like, there's so many points, and sometimes you could just have so much stuff in that point cost that it could, you know, you look at it and it just looks normal, like, at, at yeah, a higher there's no point. no way you're going to you know. know. Yep, and it could even be, like I mentioned, it could be small, it could be almost insignificant, like, one unit has all of their weapons upgraded just, like, slightly, you know, um, like... It's been so long since I've uh, had anything but Death Guard, and I don't really know an equivalent, but let's just say Laz Guns, there's, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, bolters are better than Laz Guns, but they're not so, so much better that, like, you're going to break the game by doing it, but it's still a significant uh, bump, but something that could easily go, go unnoticed. And sometimes you could even have, like, significant... Uh, changes putting you, you know, a couple hundred points over, you know, like 20, 10, 20% points over. Whereas, uh, you know, in Ice and Fire, you know, you're, you can easily look across the board and even if you can't just look at it and be like, yeah, that looks like, that looks right. It takes you, you know, 60 seconds to count up or less to count up their uh, points in your head. Granted, if you know what everything costs, but, uh, but yeah, I think accountability is a good thing. And like you mentioned, Justin, you know, those that are looking to do it, uh, maliciously, you know, they're going to be too scared to try and do it in a game that has a lower point cost. Uh, cause it's going to be easy to, to look at it and be like, Hey, you're over What's up? Especially, you know, if you're caught after the game starts, because then you just, you, you have to, you get a game loss. You know, you're not, uh, in most systems, you're not uh, um, kicked out. Like, you don't get dropped from the tournament, but you get an immediate game loss uh, no matter what with zero victory points and max victories to your opponent, uh, which can really suck. So I think, uh, yeah, accountability is a good thing. And like Justin was saying, you know, in our game, you know, sometimes it can be as, uh, you know, as simple as uh, I had played, I want to say, Jose the round before with one list, and then uh, all I had to do was swap NCUs and attachments, I think, and somehow 
I, I didn't swap one NCU, so I had a four-point instead of a three-point, so that was one point there. And I had a one-point attachment that got left in a unit, so it was like two points over or something. And it was hard to tell because, as Justin can tell you, my Night's Watch, because they're kind of lower on my priority to paint, they're all just primed black. So they're, uh, they're not easy to just like look at and distinguish from each other. Uh, and everyone just has cloaks and swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those that, like, um, even though, like, the impact wasn't nearly that much, you know, it just, you're over. So, you, you know, it's only right to, to take the loss. Even if you can prove that it did nothing, it's only right to, to you know, be held accountable for the accountability. Um and, you know, kind of a long tangent here about accountability, but I think that's just one of the pros to a low-point system. Uh, and I think uh, uh, to kind of wrap it up, you know, I think CMON's system, not perfect, but I think it's really close to it. And there's definitely some ideas out there that could could uh, could make it better, potentially. But you have to think about the, you know, realistically how feasible it is because um, redoing an entire system it's a lot more uh, time and effort involved than you know it, it seems on the surface so with that said uh, Craig I'll start I got, with you uh, oh no go ahead so uh, just real quick uh, it's definitely we've talked a lot about like new players and a good little like kind of story about it um, like off and on, I've talked to my brother about it over the last couple of years and he really likes the look of Rose Knights, right? So I brought him with me down to the indie tournament. And as Brett, actually, as everyone knows, Brett, you, Craig, uh, you all met my brother and I hadn't ever been able to fully convince him to get into it, even though he loved Rose Knights. And then when we were down there, we, in our heads, came up with lists that he could use lots of Rose Knights with. And now he has a Baratheon army definitely looks to play nice. the game because he's like oh i can <laughs> use four rose knights and they or i can use a lot of rose knights and do pretty good like yeah you can you could also get smoked depending on what happens but here's a couple ideas <laughs> of list and he was actually going to play in the tournament if we needed another person if in case someone needed to or in case we had a buy or something um so that's just a quick little funny story about how the low points and being able to build list in your head um brings in new players yeah because i think it only took us five minutes to like kind of through throw together the idea and yeah, pull the models out for him tournament. yeah and like he was you know before that moment like he was just like yeah it's pretty cool rose knights look awesome uh and whatnot but then like all it took was that little bit, and, you know, he was super excited to play. He's like... Yeah, he was like, give me a know. crash course. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's, like you said, Justin, it's, that's how easy it is for this game, and I think that's an allure that not many games out there have. Um, I would argue to say there is no game more beginner-friendly than this one. Uh, maybe not in a single aspect, like, I'm sure there's certain aspects that other games are better at, but I think as a whole, 
uh, there's just so many things, as I've already kind of rattled off all the different things, that, uh, you know, lend to the fact that this game is just very new person friendly, which is great. You know, getting new, getting new people into the game is, I think, the hardest part uh, for a game that isn't Warhammer. <laughs> that's so, the most important new players are the lifeblood of a community you don't have new players yep. your community is going to die like that's not that's not an opinion that's just a fact yep because eventually people move on eventually people get bored you will have those people that kind of are in it for the long haul uh, but you need at least as many or more new people coming in as you have people leaving uh and so if you if you have a game that's not likable enough to, you know, get a lot of people in, uh that's ultimately I think going to be what what's going to be the downfall. But like Warhammer 40K Age of Sigmar, those are kind of like the oddballs because they're so popular that it's kind of easy to get people into those ones because there's such a big community that the big community itself is the allure. Uh whereas a game like Ice and Fire, though it's not like tiny, it's you know, but it's small enough that um, you know all the new people the better, and you know the the new aspect, uh, the new player aspect to it, I think just just helps it. Um, but yeah, with that said, uh, we'll kind of close it out. Uh, kind of final thoughts. So on you know just the entire topic itself, uh, Craig, um, any kind of last thoughts or whatnot yeah uh, we talked about adding options like adding weapons and whatnot and we talked about just changing the points make them bigger make them smaller you know whatever point granularity but at the end of the day the way it's set up right now the way list building works right now yeah you can still win or lose in list building but it is uh, about so much more of the uh, your play style and the way you play the game and how that fits into the list that you build that decides whether you win or lose and not whether you did better math than the other guy. And that, I think, is what makes it so good. I think Dave and I have, uh, or our group talks about that a lot, and I know I've had the conver- that same conversation with Brett. If you had to give, like, percentages to games, right, and this I'm spitballing, don't get mad at me for being wrong, world, but, like, <laughs> let's say Warhammer is the game's decided 50% on how you play and 50% how you build your list. This game is probably like at most, at the very most in my opinion, 20% how you build your list and 80% how you play your game. And then, you know, there's other little factors in there, but like at its basis and like in a very simple way to say it, that's the example I usually give. That's absolutely true. I mean, for example, and I'm kind of tooting my own horn, but I don't mean to, but it's a good example. Sure. I went... I went to well, <laughs> my main list in Indy was two Cranigmid Trappers trackers and two Sworn Shields and Outriders that never made it past the second round because they died. But anyway, <laughs> that, that was my list, and yet none of those. I mean, there were no Zerkers, no Tully Calf. There was one wolf in the list that wasn't Wolfspan. You know, nothing about it was your typical Stark list. But I still led the event with kill points because of the way I played it. I too, I want to point out. But you did, you did, <laughs> and, and that, that's, that's a really good example. You... Like, like I play neutrals and I still managed to do okay. And 
for the most part, uh, people More look okay. at neutrals at as not bad by any means, but like they suffer in some areas. And it doesn't matter that I've stuck to neutrals. I've learned how to play neutrals hopefully really well, and somehow I'm able to punch myself in the face through a tournament and do okay. Yeah, and and yep. that's because of how you play, not because of your list. It's because of you, and that's a huge bonus. Maybe you game. blackguard at the last tournament. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> uh, luck. So yeah, I'm I would. Kidding. I would. What'd you say? I said luck, and I oh, don't I disagree. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, I would say that this game, it's. It's hard percentage on it, um, you know, because I don't want to take away from, like, the people who play, like, Warhammer 40K competitively. You know, I don't want, like, anyone to be offended that, you know, we're trying to say that, you know, they don't know what they're doing, like, that they oh, aren't they totally as do, right? tactical. Yeah. yeah, like, they're not as tactical as any Ice and Fire players. That's definitely not the case. Um, there's just, I think it, what the point you're making, uh, Justin, is it comes down to the points, uh, like the balancing. You know, with that said, uh, because balancing means, like, if something is well-balanced, that takes the pressure off of the list building. Um, so whereas if something, if you, let's say, Warhammer 40K, there's so many options that you could easily make such a terrible list that it's probably never going to win I shouldn't say never, but it's going to have such a hard time winning, uh, even if you're the best player playing to the mission. Um, there's just simply some things out there that are terrible because of balancing and power creep and all that, and just that is the downside to the higher points and so many more options. Um, and that's kind of why 40K, you have to be good, if competitively speaking, you have to be good at math hammer at list building because you know it's there's a lot more emphasis on it whereas ice and fire not a perfect system by no means but it's there's a lot less options to it making it easier to balance making it more balanced uh that way you take the pressure of you know the list building um like you said craig your list you know i most people would probably look at it and be like you know that's not horrible. Like I could see it doing okay, but you tell them that you did really well uh, to really awesome in a tournament, and they go, "Really? What did you face?" And then you, you know, you'd be like, "Oh, I faced these things." Like, man, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things that uh, you know to kind of consider when factoring, you know, like a point system and how it uh, how it correlates with the with the game itself. So, um, Justin, how about you? Kind of last thoughts of just everything we've covered? Nah, I interrupted Greg and threw my two cents in. (laughs) Sounds good. So, yeah, with that said, everybody, I'm going to end the show off kind of with my final thoughts. I think, again, no system will ever be perfect. Um, I would love to see the data on taking this game, doubling the points, and maybe tweaking it from there. But realistically, it would not, uh, it just, I don't think, could happen. Uh, the only way it, I think, could happen is if 
it was uh, fan uh, supported. Like you had a group of 10 people, like let's say, for example, uh, my group, if I was able to get me and like nine others to just dedicate all our time to testing it and get some real results, sure. But for CMON, it's just not realistic uh, to ask them to change the system they have, especially when the system they have, though not perfect, is really, I think, well-balanced. Um, there are a couple things, you know, you could argue are a point too much, a point too less. But, uh, I mean, in my opinion, most of it is nitpicking. There's only been uh, maybe three cases, give or take, ever in the entirety of this game where it was like, yeah, that's clearly too many points or that's clearly not uh, enough points. Like so much so that it's just unusable uh, compared to anything else. Um, but even then, um, I mean, things still put in work. Uh, there were, you know, units that were considered trash that would still, you know, in some cases, if you played them well enough, held their own. But, uh, but yeah, so I think I think uh, current system is fine where it's at. Asking for anything else is just, you know, hoping uh, for, I guess, a perfect world. Uh, with that said, we'll close it out there. Uh, I appreciate all you guys uh, listening in for this topic. If you want to hear a certain topic be talked about, um, find us on Discord. I will put our Discord in our Facebook group. Um, that way, because I think the link might be uh, old, so that way you guys get in on there. There's a tab that you can post any of your, uh, you know, show suggestions. There's also a tab for if you can't call in, uh, you can just type on the, you know, type in the tab, you know, show questions or anything, you know, your two cents on there if you can't call. Um, and there's a general uh, tab, just talk about anything. And even if you guys uh, are into TTS, we have uh, a tab on there that you can go and, you know, try to get some pickup games and whatnot. So definitely go check out our Discord. And then for those of you that uh, haven't uh, gone to our Facebook page yet, you know, it would help us out a ton if you went on there and hit the like button, shared out our Facebook page and our show. Uh, we do a giveaway every 100 likes on the Facebook page. I believe we're sitting at just under 750 there, so uh, about a little over 50 people, and we can give out another unit box. Um, we do giveaways all the time, so definitely check back for that. Uh, we'll probably be doing some giveaways once... Uh, the rest of 2021 is revealed. We definitely have a lot of topics, uh, you know, on the horizon once we see everything else. But until then, we're going to try to get through this backlog of, uh, of viewer-suggested uh, topics. But with that said, thank you all again for listening in. Thank you, Justin and Craig. Uh, this was definitely an awesome show. I was glad that we were able to talk about this one. I've been wanting to cover this topic for a while. Um, with that said, this is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed. <laughs>